Here we go, They're seven seconds. Deep. Berkovici, he's just going to air it out deep downfield, and uh, no white shirts around. Oh, it's it's gone. 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 Gone for a touchdown. It doesn't get any better than this. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Um, I'd say this month, in the coming weeks, we're going to get a lot, and I mean a lot, of college basketball content. We've already gotten some. We had the podcast last week and the conference tournament um, prediction article from myself. But in the midst of all of this, we got to break it up somehow. And why not break it up with some NFL draft talk? Um, we just had huge news yesterday that the Carolina Panthers are trading up for the number one pick um, in a deal that involves first-rounders and wide receiver DJ Moore. And when I'm talking about the NFL draft, there's really no one else I could I could invite, even if I wanted to. I'm sure that he would force his way upon the podcast, even if I if I didn't let him. Uh, that's Jackson Powers. So Jackson Powers is here to join us today. Jackson, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm great. I'm very glad to be here, and I am glad to have been able to force myself onto this podcast to to talk some draft content. Look, I'd like to preface that by saying that like you're you're the you're my number one option. It's not like I had other people turn me down. <laughs> I'm just saying, in the hypothetical event that I wanted someone else, you would find you'd find a way to get onto the Zoom and and force yourself upon this. Uh, yeah, and you're not wrong. And you're not wrong. And look, I don't, I don't, I don't entirely blame you. I mean, this is the place to be. I would say. Um. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Absolutely. So let me explain what we're gonna do for this episode. Basically. We're going to do a collaborative mock draft. Jackson will be drafting with the odds. I'll be drafting with the evens. Um, we're kind of just going to feel it out. We don't have any trade set necessarily, but if there's kind of a spot where we feel it to be necessary, we feel strongly about it making sense, then we kind of reserve the right to do that as we go. Um, and yeah, just that, that's kind of all there is. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Jackson, you are. You are. You are on the clock with the Carolina Panthers. And with the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. Um, Obviously, the big news broke yesterday that the Panthers are the team that are trading up for the number one overall pick. Uh, One of the biggest packages in NFL history and I think that Stroud is going to be their guy. While I think a lot of people have Young as the quarterback one in this class, looking at Frank Reich's history with his quarterbacks, he will not work with anyone that is under like 6'2 or 6'3. And obviously Young's biggest concern is that size of his uh, wing or measuring in right around 5'10, I believe, at the combine. Um, I think that they're going to turn towards C.J. Stroud. It really sounds like, that's who they've been infatuated with during all of the combine drills and all that. I would not be surprised if they went in the direction of Richardson too. That's someone who I've really liked. Um, he's been one of my favorite risers and uh, I think he's someone who's worth taking a risk on, but trading up for the number one overall pick, you want to take someone a little bit safer than that. And I think Stroud fits that bill. He's an exceptional pocket passer. Um, some of the throws that he has the ability to hit are just incredible his accuracy sometimes just blows my mind um, and I think Carolina's situation is not great right now but I don't think it's nearly as bad as a lot of people are making it out to be that offensive line I actually really like uh, I think that they had a really good year last year and especially if they can bring back uh, Bozeman I believe their center's name is he was really good as a Raven uh, I think if they can bring him back 
then this offensive line is going to continue to look really strong. And the sooner that they add some real weapons around Stroud, I think the sooner that he blossoms into a legitimate NFL caliber pocket passer. Uh, and so I, I really like this pick from the standpoint of Carolina, and I'm pretty confident that that's the direction that they're going to go in. It's fascinating, really, because I feel like for the last little bit in terms of, of media, which obviously we're really far out from the relatively far out from the draft. So right now, a lot of things that are being said don't necessarily mean that much. But it felt like obviously going into uh, the offseason, it felt like Bryce Young was the incumbent at QB1. Then we've seen some Levis hype. Lately, a lot, a lot, a lot of Richardson hype. And it felt like for a while, CJ Stroud was kind of going under the radar, wasn't being as discussed as much. Um, and I get it because, you know, in certain regards, because Richardson and Levis have that, uh, you know, the the size and the kind of the wow factors when you're looking at them when they're not, you know, throwing interceptions in SEC games um, versus, uh, you know, Bryce Young obviously having just the pedigree of being the number one pick. And now with Carolina trading up, he's kind of risen back into that conversation, um, had a pretty strong combine. And I'm, I'm with you. At first, I, w- I was kind of perplexed as to what route they'd go at one. And I, I think it will be CJ Stroud. I think there's there's a chance it's Richardson, but the more I think about it, the less I think it's going to be Bryce Young. And lucky for me, I'm picking number two with the Houston Texans, and I am going to select Bryce Young. Um Again, here I think Anthony Richardson could be in play. I think Young is just such a safe pro, pro, prospect. Um, he can he can really do it all for you in terms of him as a passer. He doesn't necessarily boast elite arm strength, but he has he's a precision passer. He can hit every single throw. He's a special blend of he's not necessarily the most purely athletic and mobile quarterback you'll find but he's a magician in terms of escaping the pocket um being able to break through sacks and make plays um he's a true he can extend plays not necessarily as a runner but can use his legs as a vehicle to to making big plays and and if necessary he can use his legs when necessary we saw that more last year at Alabama um the concerns are fair I think height is less of a concern as weight because I think we've seen plenty of shorter quarterbacks have success I think it's more a matter of of the frame being able to sustain a full NFL season. Um, but I, I, I really think that young is such a safe prospect and I can understand the, the knocks on him on the possibility of him. Oh, well maybe he's never going to be a superstar quarterback, but I think when you're in a position like this in such an interesting draft where you have the duality of a guy like young versus Levis Richardson, the high upside guys who might, you know, you really don't know what to get with the middling college production. I just think it's hard to say no to Young. I think a, a player like him could be used on any team. And I think in a situation like that, he doesn't need to be, like I think compared to some of these other guys, he can make do with with what a team like the Texans have right now um, and not his development, not necessarily be stunted. Because there are a lot of guys who need to be in the perfect place to be successful. I think Bryce Young is so incredibly smart. He's talented to the point where he'll be able to He'll be able to get it through, and he'll maybe he won't be a top five quarterback, MVP caliber guy, but I think he can be a solid franchise cornerstone, and that's what he will be for the Houston Texans. All right, and next up, uh, the Arizona Cardinals at number three. I have them going another Alabama player, Will Anderson, right here. Um, going into this season, there was a pretty big debate between 
Anderson and Carter as kind of who is going to be the best player out of this class. And I could pretty comfortably say from just a football perspective, I think Jalen Carter is the better player. Um, but obviously with the recent news that has come out about his involvement in the single car crash that killed one of his teammates, um, I think that's a pretty big concern. And I think that would at least slip him back a couple of picks. And especially given how nice of a combine Anderson had, um, he weighed in at a lot higher than I thought he would. I didn't think he would go in the 250s. I thought he'd be somewhere right in the mid 240s. But you see him add a little bit of that size and it really didn't look like it took a huge dip in his 40 time. I think that's going to be pretty attractive to teams. Um, that's something that you feel a lot more comfortable now that he's at that 250 threshold. Um, and I think in terms of what the Cardinals need, J.J. Watt is retiring, Zach Allen is gone, and now they just released Marcus Golden. This pass rush is really looking for depth right now, and I think you go out there and get probably the best edge rusher in this class. That's not really a pick that's going to lose someone a job or something like that. I think that Anderson is a really safe pick for them there, um, especially if they're valuing Carter's legal troubles pretty heavily. Um, I think he fits with them well, and and I do not think that this is a bad pick at all for Arizona. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Um, so the fourth pick, the Indianapolis Colts, th this was the team that for the most part in my previous mock drafts, I thought they would be the one to make the jump to the first overall pick. Alas, here they are at four, but they do have a pick uh, between two of the the higher-regarded quarterbacks. And with the fourth pick, I have the Indianapolis Colts selecting Anthony Richardson. Um, talk about a riser, truly. He, it's been an interesting story for Anthony Richardson because really he's been well-regarded since he got at Florida. Um, in 2021, he split time with Emory Jones, and really a lot of people are clamoring for more playing time for Richardson. And the flashes were there throughout college. He had some really fantastic moments, but then at other times he looked totally lost. And some of that you can chalk up to a level of experience. Um, you know, and when you're playing against fantastic teams in the SEC, it's not it's not an easy transition by any means. But there there are definitely some concerns with Richardson when you're looking at the college production, but the reason that you take him with the number four pick and the reason that you put your eggs in that basket is because he is a physical specimen to the degree of that we haven't seen in a very long time, maybe ever. Um, he's huge. Um, he has wheels. He has the arm strength and the you know, the off-script playmaking ability to make just about any play you could fathom. It's like, I'd almost liken it to playing playing Madden. You can he, He's a guy that can run around wait a while, and be able to somehow make that throw across the field. Um, and when you have those traits to work with, you can't, you can't really teach that. If you could teach, if you could teach that, that size, speed, strength, I would, I would definitely be, be in whatever class it takes to learn those things. But Richardson has all of those tools in his hands. And it's so, like, it's so easy to imagine him turning out into one of the better players in the NFL because that's what this modern day NFL is in terms of guys. When you when you think of the best, let's say Jackson, who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Say, just rattling some off the top of my brain, I'd say Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Allen, Lamar, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, is that so, that's long enough? Yeah. So when I think of like I I really think of guys like Mahomes, guys like Herbert, guys like Allen. All of those guys can really 
push the ball downfield and can make plays. Herbert's slightly less of a less of an off script guy to the level of of Allen and and Mahomes, but all of them can just get it done in so many ways inside and outside the pocket. It Richardson just fits that mold, but I think I just I I think he has more to him than Levis. I feel like when you watch him, there there a lot of people can see him similar in terms of being big athletic guys that didn't necessarily produce in college. But I think with Richardson, there's just another gear to him. And it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he flamed out because he does have a lot of developing to do. He's not going to be, I think, a guy that enters the league and becomes a, you know, a, a superstar immediately. But the tools are totally there. And when you're when you're in a spot like Indianapolis, um, you you need a quarterback like that. It feels like they have a decent roster outside of that. They've been quarterback, you know, purgatory for a bit. Take that swing on Richardson, and I don't I don't think they'll regret it. Yes, I uh, I love that pick. Richardson is one of my draft crushes this year, um, and that brings us to pick number five, where my Seattle Seahawks are on the clock. And right here, they will be selecting the best player in the draft class, Jalen Carter. Uh, obviously, I mentioned him a little bit when I was talking about Anderson's issues. Um, but Carter is, I think, one of the best physical specimens on the defensive line that we've seen in a little while. His combination of size and speed and power is really rare. And I think that if it was not for the car crash stuff, all of the legal issues, I would be really confident that he would be going above Anderson. I think that just barely nudges him back a little bit. And you look at Seattle's needs. Their run defense was one of the worst in the league this year, especially when you get to that back half of the season. Um, and Carter is someone who can fill that really well. You didn't see a ton of sack production from him out of Georgia. And part of that was because teams did not feel comfortable passing the ball on that defensive line Obviously, with Nolan Smith and and all of the other incredible, excuse me, wow, uh, incredible players that they have on that defense, um, teams kind of felt like they had to run the ball, and he did a really good job of shedding blocks and being able to stuff someone in the A gap. He really has the flexibility that you could play him anywhere on the defensive line. And Seattle's defensive line last year was pretty poor, both in terms of pass rush and in terms of stopping the run. Carter adds both of those to a defense, and I really think that this is a match made in heaven for Seattle. Yep. So now at number six, uh, I'm on the clock with the Detroit Lions, and I think, I really do think that they will trade down when it comes closer to the draft, but I think in this, I don't necessarily see a clear partner gateway for it happening, so I'll, I'll stick as is. And the elephant is the in the room is, you know, they've been flirting with the need for a cornerback, I think there are a lot of viable options here. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, Oregon's Christian Gonzalez, I think. And I, I definitely like him and Joey Porter Jr. more than uh, Devin, Devon, Devin Witherspoon. I also know more about both of them than Witherspoon, to be fair. Um, but Gonzalez is just such a such a modern-day cornerback. He's big. He's listed at about 6'2", I believe. Um, he's incredibly fast. He's so athletic and fluid. He's not... Like, I don't think he's necessarily the technically greatest um, cornerback of all time at this point, but he's so athletic and has has those traits where even when he he might struggle, make a mistake, 
or, or you know, read read something off. He has the fluidity and the just the overall acceleration to get back into plays, and he's a he's a hard guy to really take out of plays and, and fully burn. Given his, he's just so long and athletic. I don't I don't even really know how else to say it in different ways. But um, I think Gonzalez would be a really really nice addition for for the Detroit Lions. Yes, great pick, Jeremy. I was really worried you were going to go with Witherspoon there because I've seen a lot of people go Witherspoon at that position. And I think, to me, just from the tape, Gonzalez is a much better cornerback. I think he has way more fluidity, and I would trust him a lot more in a variety of different coverages. So I I rock with the pick there. Um, Pick seven, the Raiders are on the clock, and I have them going Will Levis. I think that they made a little bit of an irresponsible decision to kind of cut bait with Carr so quickly. But at this point, they need a quarterback, and they're kind of in this weird area where they're not necessarily contending now, and they're not necessarily rebuilding either. Um, And at this point, with the only quarterback left on the board, uh, this is kind of what the Raiders have to do. Levis is pretty far and away my quarterback for. I think he has some of those same – project type character traits that Anthony Richardson has, except there's a lot more concerns that come up with him, right? Levis is three or four years older. Uh, I don't think that he handles pressure nearly as well as Richardson. I don't think he's nearly as smart pre or post snap as Richardson is. Um, I think Levis is kind of just the, the final guy that you would be willing to take in the first round. Um, and given that the Raiders really need a quarterback at this point, there's not really a better direction for them to go in. And with that being said, I don't dislike Levis, right? I, I think if he has some time, he has legitimate arm talent and mobility. I think he could blossom into a solid passer, but I think that there's a lot more stuff that he's lacking. And I think just because the Raiders need a quarterback so bad, this is sort of what they have to settle with the more and more i think about it it really is bizarre the the disconnect between Derek carr and, and the raiders and how they called it off so fast like it was so obviously Carr didn't have a great year last year but he's still like a, a fine player and the way that they they did it so like nonchalantly it's interesting because you'd think when you do something like that they have something very specific in mind as to what they're doing moving forward but i i really don't think that's the case i think they're at a at such a strange crossroads between being competitive and tearing it down entirely it's just that i feel like it's it's fitting because that's the kind of organization the raiders are you kind of never know how they're gonna go they kind of zig when you zag whatever so on and so forth but it's interesting um yeah i'm on the clock with the eighth pick the atlanta falcons and I have a feeling that I'm about to take the guy Jackson wants at nine with um, the Chicago Bears. Um, I'm taking Tyree Wilson, edge rusher from Texas Tech. And this is an audio only pod, but oh, Jackson was not happy with that one. Um, <laughs> Tyree Wilson is the freak of this draft. And I don't think that's whether you actually like him as a player or not. It's just the objective truth. He's... I don't he's what about six six to seventy-five or so? I didn't some something around. Yeah, I think that's I think that is I think six six is right. I'm not too sure about the way, but that sounds like around the right figure. I mean, he's just huge. He's terrifying, he's menacing, and he plays like it too. There are a lot of guys where you can look, you can look big, 
um, and kind of, you know, have that presence. But then there are guys that really use their size and strength um, to to win. And that's what Tyree Wilson does. Um, he's long. He's strong. He's powerful. Um, he's really versatile. He's When you look at a guy, when you just hear that, that size, you don't necessarily think peak athleticism, but he moves around incredibly for, for being so big. Um, I honestly, I, I know I took his pick. I'll let him, I'll let him talk about him a little more though. Cause I know he's one of Jackson's fellow draft crushes. Jackson, tell us about Tyree Wilson. I really like Tyree Wilson. The second you turn on the tape, even before you even figure out his number or who he is, you can spot him out because he just has the longest arms ever and is just built like like my instant thought was he was built like the demogorgon from stranger things where he's just this like massive almost predatorial figure that has just some of the biggest length and someone i think i don't think there are very many more people who would be as scary to see them fly off the edge especially with how fast he can move um he is kind of a project right now but the difference between a lot of projects and him is there's a lot of project guys in this class where they're like, all right, he has no idea what he's doing at the line of scrimmage, but he has the measurables and you could see, you could see him getting success in the future because of his build or his athleticism or whatever. Tyree Wilson's a project where it's like, he has no idea what he's doing, what he's doing. And he still manages to obliterate offensive linemen just because he is that strong, that powerful, that physically gifted, uh, I think with some technical refinement, he could be a legitimate superstar at the NFL level. And at minimum, you're getting a physical freak who has one of the biggest tackling radiuses that we've ever seen. And he could be a menace at the running game without any strides taken. Well, you, you, I, I set you up to do my job, but you are indeed on the clock. Ninth pick with the Chicago Bears. All right. And, and that's, uh, that Tyree Wilson pick does not make it any easier for me, but with pick number nine, I'm, I'm going to stay with the defensive line. I'm going to go with Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Um, I like him. I think there are just less. I don't think that he is nearly as physically gifted. And I also think he may not be as polished as Tyree Wilson, which is a little bit of a concern, uh, but I do see the vision with Van Ness. I think he's really versatile, and I think he can play pretty much anywhere on the defensive line. I saw him line up at zero tech a lot of times, and then I saw him line up pretty far out from the edge at like seven or eight technique. Um, and he is he, he is just, if you were to create a defensive lineman in a lab, that's who it would be. He He has the same kind of lineman mentality that you want, where he is just like fighting for everything i think he is a little bit of a liability in the running game right now but his ability to convert speed to power is really promising i think he needs to work on his hands a little bit i think he needs to work on disengaging from blockers a little bit but these things are not unteachable uh i think maybe he's not someone who's going to have an incredible rookie year but you could definitely project him to do really well in the future and I think with no Tyree Wilson on the board, Chicago has to do something about this defensive line. And I think Van Ness is the next best option. It's it's always interesting. Van Ness is a guy who, even just going into the air, when you talk about the Iowa defense from a, just a general college football perspective, he's not the first name you think of. 
But when you when you get down to it, I think I think he is a pretty solid player that could be be a nice player in the NFL. At pick number ten, I am selecting with the Philadelphia Eagles, and a lot of different ways I could go with this, but I will be selecting cornerback Joey Porter Jr. Um, out of Penn State. There's some uncertainty in Philly regarding their cornerback situation with uh, Darius Slay reportedly um, being allowed to seek a trade, which we'll we'll delve into a little bit later. Um, Joy Porter is a guy where from the second you just like, I want to say they played one of the Thursday night games to start the year in week one, and you just, you saw that game flash and you're like, wow, that guy on that Penn State defense, he kind of, he sticks out. He looks like a, he looks, he plays like a guy that's going to be a stud in the NFL. Um, pretty similar build to Gonzalez. He's, he's tall. Um, he can, he can move super well. He doesn't quite have the the pure athleticism necessarily to the, to the length that Gonzalez has just from my, obviously Jack, just in general, Jackson's more of a film guy than me. I'm more of a go off of what I see that boy. Nice cl- closer to that than, than Jackson is. Um, but I really think Porter, I don't know if he's necessarily a, a pure lockdown per se, but he, he, I think he has all the tools to be successful. We've seen a lot of different guys go to Philly and have success. Um, but I think, I think in general, he can be a very solid corner. They have a, there's an interesting turnover for Philly this off season, but, um, but I, I, I think Porter would be a good ad and hopefully trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's a really good pick. I One way that I kind of like to look at guys is like, if they were to get to their team and take absolutely zero strides as a player, what is the floor that you're getting out of? And the answer to that with Joey Porter is he's an incredible mover in zone coverage. And he's also really smart with a really high game IQ. And at a minimum, you're getting someone who is really easy to kind of plug and play in different systems and schemes for defensive coordinators. And Joey Porter is that's, that's the type of guy that any defensive coordinator would like to have, even if it's not someone that is shutting down a receiver at the line of scrimmage and not to say he can't do that because he's not bad in man coverage. He's just better in zone. But even if he's not someone who's going to be, you know, locking someone down in press, you're getting a really solid zone corner and that's never a bad thing to have. And this time, I will actually make my own transition here. Um, at uh, at pick number 11, I have the Titans going Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. I have not yet watched all of the offensive linemen of this class yet, but from what I have seen, it's very clear to me that Harrison is the most polished and refined tackle out of this class. There's a lot of projects, and I think a guy, even a guy like Skoronsky, I think probably won't even be projected to play tackle because of that arm length, I think teams are kind of viewing him from the lens of he's going to be drafted with the intention of him playing guard. Um, but then with the other two offensive tackles, Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones, I don't think that they have as much technical refinement right now. They might be a little bit more athletic, but not to say Anton Harrison is not athletic. I just think I'm preferring someone, especially at the tackle position, who you know can win with leverage, has a good punch, has the ability to kind of shift their feet in a nuanced motion. And I think that is is that is what is going to make him rise up on draft boards 
And given that the Titans just cut Taylor Luan, I think this is a good fit for them. And I think Harrison is someone that is going to mesh pretty nicely with this Titans offense, especially if they keep Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, I, I like Anton Harrison to the Titans here. Gotcha. So I'm I'm at 12, second pick of the day for the Houston Texans. They selected, I selected Bryce Young. And I I think I'm gonna go receiver. And there are a couple different ways I can go, but I'm I think I'm gonna go with TCU's Quentin Johnston. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. He he did his measurements were a little smaller than than what he was listed. Yeah, at. yeah, and, and really it was just the height. He was supposed to be around six four, and at the combine he came in at around six two and a half. But other than that, it wasn't too different. Okay, because that that's what I thought, and I mean that that's worth noting. But the thing about Johnson is he plays big, and he's again we talk about um this modern day NFL. It's a it's a copycat league. You have a guy, I'd say probably the prototype of that would be a DK Metcalf, where he's big, he's strong, um, he's fast, and so on and so forth. That's like the kind of the mold. And I'm not saying by any means Quentin Johnston is DK Metcalf. That's not at all what I'm saying. But he has that blend of of size, speed, um, strength. He he can he has really good ball tracking skills. We saw him uh put it on display in the college football playoff and throughout the year on a pretty awesome TCU team. It feels like for being that, uh, you know, for being that kind of guy, he can still make plays after after the catch. He's not just like a like a deep threat. He can beat you in different ways. Um, I think he'd be a really, really good good weapon to grow with Bryce Young. I think that'd be a really fun duo to watch. And just comparing them to the other wide receivers, I like, I like that stardom potential for for Quentin Johnston more. All right, now I am on the clock with Jeremy's New York J-E-T-S Jets. And uh, I think this is a pick that I know for a fact Jeremy can get behind. I'm going with Alabama safety Brian Branch right here. Uh, They did just trade a seventh rounder for Chuck Clark, and it wouldn't surprise me if that kind of moves them off of the idea of going Branch here and maybe leaning more towards a tackle or something in that realm. Um, but I really like Branch. I have seen the crimes committed by, I don't even remember the safeties for the Jets last year, but I, I know that they cannot tackle. I saw the the lack of run defense to that third level in the Jets defense. And Brian Branch is someone who does a really good job of fixing that. He's not the tallest guy, maybe not the most athletic, but he tackles really well and he can hit really hard. And I know for a fact, like seeing what Sala's defenses are like, I think you could get uh, for any Niners fans. I think Brian Branch could definitely be a Jimmy Ward type player, where he's a very reliable safety, very low missed tackle percentage. And I, I think, given what I saw out of the Jets' safeties last year, Branch is a perfect fit to kind of fill the holes that were in that back half of the defense. So maybe Chuck Clark moves them away from the idea if they feel comfortable that he can be the kind of plug in there. Um, But to me right now, at least he is not someone that that I think should really be prioritized over branch. But I I think if, if they don't go branch, I'm assuming this will be some sort of offensive line. Yeah. um, Branch is just so versatile. It's so easy to imagine him transitioning well into that solid defense. Um, LaMarcus Joyner is was so awful and he's he's he'll be gone. 
Um, and I liked getting Chuck Clark at that price, especially it's basically just a flyer. What the, that also could open up uh, Jordan Whitehead, who had a pretty pretty tough first year. He could be a, a cap casualty. I believe they have a decent out on him. So it'll be interesting to see what the Jets do. I don't I don't know what the Jets are right now. Um, nonetheless, 14th pick, the New England Patriots. The Patriots are a weird team. I, I think they could go a lot of different ways. I think they have are a generally pretty flawed team, I, and they just continue to kind of find ways to win games. But a lot of me want to say wide receiver, but I, I don't think they take a receiver. It's just not what they do. Um... I'm in a conundrum right now. I think tough decision. I'm gonna have him take uh Devon Weatherspoon, cornerback from Illinois. Um I think they could definitely use the beef in the defensive back room. Witherspoon, I, I don't think he's on the same level as a Gonzalez or Porter, but there's a reason that he's touted like this. He plays with a high level of intensity. Um He's he's not as big as the other guys, but he's not necessarily small by any means. Um, he kind of play, plays above that size to a certain extent. I think in New England, he'll have kind of the opportunity to grow and develop. Um, I don't – there's nothing I really love there, but I don't – with a lot of teams, I feel like you come in with these ideas of, of good matches, perfect fits. I don't know where New England's going to go. I could see them going so many different ways. Um, so I don't, I don't really have a ton to elaborate on with Witherspoon here. Yeah, I, I like that pick actually, given that Jonathan Jones is leaving for New England, uh, and New England has never been a team that really values size that much in their cornerbacks. And that's one of Witherspoon's biggest weaknesses. Um, but he's really nice in press man coverage. And I do think he needs work in some of his other areas, especially off coverage. Uh, but I think under Belichick, that could be a really nice fit for him. And him and him and Jack Jones could be a really nice one too on the outside if Belichick kind of decides to move into that cover one type scheme. Uh, but now I am on the clock at 15 with the Packers. I'm kind of doing this under the assumption that Rodgers is going to be a jet because that seems like it's the direction it's headed in. I'm going with Jackson Smith and Jigba here out of Ohio State. Uh, you look at this receiving core for the Packers last year, it was not great. And obviously there was the breakout with Christian Watson and Rovio Dubs had his time as well. But the thing that this receiving core is really lacking most is nuance. And I think they are not the greatest route runners. I don't think they adjust super well to the scramble drill and throwing a guy in with very little experience in Jordan love. You're going to need someone who kind of helps them out a little bit more. And JSN is a quarterback's dream. He's so good at splitting coverages and he knows just how to like worm his route a little bit to kind of find that whole he adjusted the scramble drill really well. I think this is just a great fit, and I think this is someone that you plug him in with Jordan Love, he could pretty instantly be a 12, 1,300-yard receiver, especially alongside Christian Watson, where he doesn't have to play on the outside. He can play a little bit more on the inside and sort of do his thing a little bit of like a like a nuanced power slot is kind of how I like to think of him. Uh, but I really like this pick. I think he could go to Green Bay and instantly produce. I think that'd be such a fun wide receiver room with so many so many different ways you can get beat with him, him, Watson, Romeo Dubs. Um, I'm on the clock now. Washington Commanders pick 16. And 
it's kind of how I've been going in most of my mock drafts, um, taking linemen specifically geared towards interior. Um, I'm going to take Osiris Torrance, guard from Florida. He's a guy who has just produced at every level of college football. He was, you know, an All-American or All-American-esque at uh, Louisiana before following Billy Napier to Florida. Um, when you look at him at Florida, he, he was just a consistent mauler inside. By um, I mean, it's it, it's not a sexy pick by any means, but it's something that they really need to do. Um, he, he, look, he's, he's a strong guy. He can plug and play at guard. I think he'll, he'll instantly be a solid player. He's the, there's no project in this. I think he'll, he'll immediately become one of the better offensive linemen on that team. Yeah, I, uh, I like that pick. That's kind of what I've been mocking recently. Um, okay. At 17, I am on the clock with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going with Paris Johnson Jr., out of Ohio State, and he's not someone that I really love because I think he's really inexperienced as a tackle. Uh, but you can see the vision with him, the size, weight, athleticism, everything is where you would want it physically out of a tackle. I think it's just he has some serious strides to take in his technical ability, and I'm not too sure that the Steelers' timeline is like right now. You know, I think having Kenny Pickett I, I'm kind of assuming they view Kenny Pickett as like their franchise guys of now having him on a rookie deal kind of lengthens your timeline a little bit. And you're willing to kind of take a shot on a guy like Johnson, where he's probably not going to be good immediately, but you can definitely see the vision with him being really good in the future. Um, and he, while he's not one of my favorite tackles, I think considering that we're drafting off of accuracy here, that makes sense for the Steelers. And I think 17 is right around where he could go. So I'm on the clock at pick 18 with the Detroit Lions. Um, we selected Christian Gonzalez with our first pick. This is an interesting spot, the way the board falls. I think, you know, they definitely could use more of a down lineman. But I really like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Nolan Smith, edge from Georgia. Um, this is another one where I can, I can talk to him about him a little bit, but I just, I can, I don't even have the tab pulled up right now, but I'm sure that Jackson is, is gushing. Cause this is a guy he loves. Um, he's not, when you look at Smith, he doesn't necessarily pop immediately as a superstar kind of player. He's not, he's not that big. His numbers aren't that, you know, incredible over his time at Georgia, considering, you know, the vaunted defense, he didn't necessarily have any insane sack production. But he's just such like a fluid athlete, can make plays in every facet of the game. He's so explosive and flexible. Um, the concern about him is he's obviously coming off some injury um, to conclude his time at Georgia. And I mean, and, you know, just in general, at, at, you know, when you're at a position like edge rusher, um, size is something to consider. But overall, he's a super fun player to watch. I think he um might take him a little bit to get going as he gets gets healthy but I think he'd be super fun to watch on a on a Dan Campbell team he's also just on top of it all he's a super likable guy like you don't even need to watch watch any bit of football when you hear him talk he's super well-spoken seems like an awesome guy so easy to root for yeah I really like that pick and especially when you talk about how great of a guy he is he's a great locker room presence there's nothing that Dan Campbell loves more than someone like that so I think that's a great fit um, at pick number 19, there's a couple different avenues that I could go with Tampa Bay, but I'm going to go Kalijah Kansi here. I think that his biggest concern is really similar to Nolan Smith's where 
He is not big enough, and there are serious concerns in the run game with him. Uh, but the difference between Smith and Canty is that Smith was like able to sort of punch above his weight and was so technically sound and creative that he was actually a great run defender. And it was one of his biggest strengths. And Canty did not really show that. But what he did not have as a run defender, he really made up as an interior pass rusher. And I think if you add, I think he's right around 280-ish right now. If you can add 10 to 15 pounds on him over the course of his career, uh, there's definitely room for him to take a jump as a run defender. Um, and already his pass rushing moves on the inside are right up there with Jalen Carter. Uh, and I think given the kind of state of the Tampa Bay franchise, I think that they kind of need to take chances on guys with flashes like that. I would not be surprised if they really like him. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this Tampa Bay team because it kind of feels like they need everything now that Brady's gone. Um, yeah, that's that's where I will leave it with Kansi. Gotcha. Kansi's interesting because... You mentioned the size coming from Pitt. It, there's there the people try to make so many parallels to Aaron Donald. And it's just very unfair to him. I think that's whatever. Just a, an unfortunate unfortunate name to really be associated with in terms of trying to live up to that billing. Um, yeah, I'm on, the, I'm on the clock with your Seattle Seahawks. A lot of me wants to just find. There are a couple of players that immediately come to mind that I know you'd be devastated if they took. Um, but as the as the you know good general manager I am, I won't I won't do that. Won't do that to you. Um I am going to select Northwestern's Peter Skaronsky. Um, like like you were talking about earlier, he's a tackle by trade. But um when you look at him and the thing is for me, I'm not a huge like I won't I won't lie to you and say that I know a ton about offensive linemen or I'm I'm really the guy to look for for offensive linemen scouting. But when you watch him, you can immediately tell he's a good player. But um, his his arms and the way he's he's super technically sound, but it feels like his his best position in the pros is probably guard, and that's perfectly fine for uh, for Seattle. Obviously, um, Jackson can talk more about about Seattle's situation than I can at length, but they could definitely use um, a guy on the interior interior like him. He's I, I think similar to Torrance, where I, I don't think there's going to be a steep learning curve. I think he's just very very technically sound, um, has been playing against high-level competition in the Big Ten. It's not like one of those guys that's coming from a lower level. I think he, he should just be a pretty solid player um, for for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I uh, I really like that pick. I was, I was really worried that when you got on the clock with Seattle that that was not the direction you were going to go in, but you have uh, – you've made me proud. And with pick number – <laughs> with pick number 21 um the chargers desperately need a wide receiver who makes it almost suicide for a defense to play man coverage you look at this scheme keenan allen is really slow and just cannot separate and mike williams is not a great route runner unless that route is a streak he is not someone who can really separate on very acute angled routes um, and so i think that the guy to fix this would be zay flowers out of boston college he is just a little ball of muscle. The dude is so shifty, so agile, and you don't have to have him out there at the X, thanks to big man Mike Williams. You can kind of have him out there at the slot, and 
he is an instant target in man coverage thanks to that because he is he's a really strong route runner really shifty really nice with the ball in his hands and this just totally accomplishes what the chargers need to give to herbert because obviously there's been a lot of dialogue around him these last couple months i don't think his situation was really that great especially when you look at how injured that offensive line was but Allen was hurt for a lot of the time and they didn't really have anyone who was able to kind of get away from man. And one play that went viral was like on third and six or whatever. They just ran those little curls because all they did was kind of just pray that the defense played zone and ran a zone beating concept. And it obviously didn't work because it was man. Um, Say flowers is going to change that for the chargers. Once he steps into that building, um, this is, I think, a total match made in heaven in the later end of the first round. And I would love to see Zay Flowers in a Chargers uniform for the sake of my Herbert narrative. It's all about the narrative, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. I'm on the clock at 22 with the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm not quite sure what I'd like to do with it. Um the thing about the Ravens is if you're a Ravens fan, I think the draft, this 22nd pick, is probably not the first thing that's on your mind these days. It's got to be the the Lamar Jackson saga. Um, and with Zay Flowers off the board, there's not exactly a wide receiver shortly thereafter that I love for them. I think they probably trend towards defense. There are a couple of different ways I could go. Um, I think I'm going to go... Um, Miles Murphy from Clemson. I know um, Jackson is not a big fan of his, but it's easy to see why, you know, why a team might like Murphy. He's he's huge. Um, the size and speed is there. That's just the, the recurring thing with just about every guy you see right now because unless – that's just what – it's it's all about size and speed. That's what, that's what the game is these days. And there are concerns maybe he doesn't necessarily utilize that size to his advantage a ton. But with that frame, um, he's had success at Clemson overall. He can get off blocks. Um, he definitely is is much more raw than you would think coming from, you know, at being a starter for several years on a good Clemson defense. But um, I think the tools are there. Um, he might not be... I think the ceiling's pretty limited, but I also think the floor is fairly high. Like I think he can be a solid player, um, and yeah, it's just it it it's kind of a weird spot for Baltimore. There's nowhere I particularly love, um, so I've I've been landing on Miles Murphy. Yeah, I I don't think that's a bad pick, especially given his versatility to be kind of kicked into the interior. Um, it's definitely a need for Baltimore. Unfortunately, that is what I was going to do with pick number twenty three here. Sorry. Uh, but I have been forced to. Oh, it's okay because I, I don't think that was a bad pick at all. Um, I've been forced to kind of change directions. And with that, I'm going to go Deontay Banks out of Maryland. He's not someone that I've watched a ton on. Uh, he's actually my next big project at the cornerback position. Um, but he is someone who is pretty big, which is nice out of a cornerback. And I don't think he is a like lockdown press guy uh but i think he has a good base as a cornerback right now i think he's solid in off coverage solid zone cornerback uh and given that the vikings should only really be looking at one side of the ball in this draft i think banks is a really good start to kind of building that defense from the ground up 
Um, and I don't have a ton to say about him because I haven't watched very much of him, but that is how I feel about him to the Vikings. So now I'm on the clock with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Deontay Bakes was kind of one of the guys that I was thinking here, and they could definitely use some interior offensive linemen, but there's not anyone I love. Oh, dang it. What, what, why dang it? I uh, I did the wrong thing. I, I went with Bakes, and I and I should have gone with Cam Smith. Well, uh... and and now I'm regretting it. So so if you if you want to go Banks, I could kind of just mentally switch that to Cam Smith. No, no, and no. you are you you can't you, you already put in the draft slip. I mean you don't. True, it's true. I just I I feel like an idiot. I feel like I've ruined our mock. Yeah, you know you're so be it. Sometimes <laughs> they they make bad picks. Um, I'm not gonna take Cam yes. Smith though. I'm gonna go a different way. I'm going to have the Jacksonville Jaguars select Emmanuel Forbes. Um, Forbes comes from Mississippi State. He is fine in terms of height. He's built kind of like Slenderman. He's not He's not very filled out, but he's incredibly athletic. He has a knack for finding the ball. Um, I want to say he has he, – he, he just has an in- incredible ability to, to, to take balls away, I feel like. I want to let me look it up. I feel like he had so many, so many pick sixes in his career. Manual Forbes pick sixes. Not that exactly pick sixes are the metric I'm saying you should be working off of, but it's just kind of from watching him. Um, he, I believe, six pick sixes in his career, which is an SEC and FBS record. Um, I digress. Um, Forbes, I, I, I don't know if he's necessarily he, – there's definitely some project and there's definitely some risk. I don't think he's nearly as foolproof as some of the guys that went earlier. But that that ball hawking tendency, that playmaking tendency, even if he's not – you know, he might not profile as a pure lockdown guy. I think he's someone that, that the vision is clear for him and, and I think is worth a chance on. That's what That's how Jacksonville goes. All right, I like it. Um, With the Giants pick, this one might seem a little bit unorthodox, but I'm going to have them go with Dalton Kincaid out of the University of Utah. Um, He's not necessarily my tight end one, but I think he fits what New York wants to do a little bit more than Michael Mayer does. Um, I think he's a little bit better of an athlete, and he's someone who I would feel a little bit more comfortable giving Daniel Jones a legitimate target down the field. Um, you look at the pass catchers in the Giants offense, and I think they're pretty weak, obviously. Galladay is now gone, but and, and so is Tony. Now it's kind of just Slayton and Richie James. And I had another dude that I thought was somewhat underrated, but I'm blanking on his name right okay. now. Um, and then, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now that... Now, when they're at this point in the draft board, the receivers are not looking very glamorous. There's obviously Jordan Addison, uh, but I don't feel very good about him being a number one option. I would trust them to kind of go with an athletic tight end a little bit more. I think he would help Jones sort of push it down the field, given that, like, if you look at Daniel Jones' stats, his average depth of the target was right around six yards. He was a really accurate quarterback, but he was – really working in that intermediate part of the field. And for someone who I think has a decent deep ball, I think you want to push the ball down the field a little bit more. And I think Kincaid lets them do that. So that's what I have the Giants doing right now. I see it. 
Um, I totally see it. Sorry about that that background noise. Those. Um, did, did if, you hear- I, if I heard what I think I just heard, then I then I think you're making a really good pick here because this is what I would have done. I think. Well, spoiled it. Um, I was just trying to, <laughs> trying to read something. Uh, Siaki Ika, defensive lineman to the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I think he's the best um, interior lineman. He's not. He he's different than Cansey, and I see the vision with Cansey in terms of him being um, a nice pass rusher. But Ika is just a mauler on the inside. When you think of prototypical um, interior lineman, he's that. He's gonna disrupt from the inside. Um, like he he's just the classic guy that absolutely anyone would love to have in the middle of your defense. Um, I don't know if he's a guy that will ever be regarded as a as a superstar in any regards, but he's just such a strong pillar to have um in your front seven. Uh I, I think it would be it'd be a fantastic slam dunk pick for for the Dallas Cowboys here. Yeah, I uh I really like that pick. I think given that you have Lawrence and Parsons on either edge, you're gonna have pressure on the quarterback no matter what, but you gotta focus a little bit more on those A and B gaps in the running game. Eek is the guy that's gonna move bodies to kind of shut that down. So I really like that pick. I mean, that's a that's a terrifying trio. That's terrifying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is bodies are getting moved on that offensive line for sure. Um, for the Bills here, I am going to go in the direction that I probably should have gone with the Vikings. I'm going to give them Cam Smith. Uh, I understand that they have some depth in their cornerback room. I really liked Kyer Elam coming out of college, and he didn't have an incredible rookie year. Um, but he's not someone that you're really giving up yet, considering he was a first-rounder. Um, and obviously, Tredavious White is a beast. But Cam Smith is someone that I think can be kicked to the inside and could be a really, really strong secondary in the future for Buffalo, um, especially if Elam kind of blossoms and you get that kind of prime Tredavious White back. Cam Smith, I think, is someone who's shut down, and he's someone that I think could be my cornerback one in a class where the cornerback class is not so good. Obviously, you talked about Gonzalez and Porter. I really love those two guys, and my only big knock on Cam Smith is his size right around 6'1", 180 pounds. Um, but if you want to kick him to the inside, I don't think that's a problem at all. And the dude is legitimately shut down. He's really quick, really fluid mover. I think he's pretty smart. I don't have many concerns with him other than his size. And I think given that in if he goes to Buffalo, he's probably going to be their slot guy. I think that's a really good fit for him. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I'm a pick 28 with the... Cincinnati Bengals, and I think I'm going to go Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones. Um, this is a guy who he's just an absolute mountain of a man. 6'4", 315 is what I what I have him listed at here. He, you know, he didn't necessarily play. He doesn't have tons of experience, obviously, on a – when you think about Georgia the last couple of years, they have so many different guys, especially from the offensive line, that have moved on. Um He's a pretty solid athlete, all things considered. Um, he has, you know, he he's he's fairly agile for his size. I think he definitely is a work in progress in terms of, of fully using that size to his advantage um, and being able to come more consistent as a run blocker. But, um, you know, the, the Bengals really 
They they invested more in that offensive line, and it still didn't exactly. I mean, it was a little better, but there's there, the offensive line. You got I, I, Joe Burrow's that guy. You you have the Super Bowl team. Keep reinforcing there, um, and I think Jones is a guy that if he if he's able to make those those improvements to a solid frame and a good a good base, um, he can he can definitely be a, a franchise guy and kind of Joe Burrow's right hand man for a long time. Yeah, I, uh, I like that pick. But this, <laughs> there you go. Um, at pick twenty nine with the Saints, I I don't know how to say his name at all. Um, the edge from Northwestern. I don't even. I I think the last name is Adebowar, uh, if I'm not wrong. Um, I don't want to butcher that, but uh, fair enough. He is a dude who was an absolute freak at the combine. Uh, you saw his name come up really high. I think he had an athletic, a relative athletic score in the high nines. Um, and looking at the Saints team, I think they're really lacking some juice right now. Um, obviously, they just got Derek Carr, but I don't. I, I really worry about the explosiveness. I think you're gonna connect with Olave on a couple explosive plays on the offense, but I'm not betting on Kamara being there next year, given his criminal issues. Um, and then on the defense, obviously Lattimore's pretty shut down. Demario Davis is pretty nice, but I really raise an eyebrow when I look at this pass rush. Uh, I think Cam Jordan has kind of fallen off a cliff. Marcus Davenport, I think, has not really taken the jump that you've wanted to as uh, that you've wanted him to as a Saints fan. Um, getting an athletic freak in this building, I think, is is pretty important. Uh, I think the Saints need just a little bit more. A little bit more of that freakiness on that their team, a little more juice, um, and I think uh, Adebowar is is going to bring that just because how well he really performed at the combine. Uh, I think he'd make I think he'd make a really nice saint. Yeah. Um, so we move on. We have two picks left in this first round. The Super Bowl matchup. I am picking for the Philadelphia Eagles. And earlier we selected Joy Porter Jr., cornerback. Um, and on the flip side, I'm going to go with, I think, one of the most exciting, fun-to-watch players in this draft. Um, not sure necessarily how I would do it, but um, he's going to be a super fun player to watch regardless of the value to it. And that is running back Bijan Robinson from Texas. Um, he's just He's the total package. He can beat you um, with his size and power. He can beat you on the outside. He can be elusive. Um, he he just he looks the part of being an NFL running back. He has um, you know some of the you know with a lot of guys you can see the you know he has the athleticism and the pieces there, but he's put it on display at Texas. He's been a stud um, since he walked in freshman year. He was fantastic last year. He had nearly I think. 20 touchdowns he, and and a big part of that is it's not is he doesn't have stone hands by any means he can get it done also as a receiver um feels like he can hop in and be if you want him to be a three down running back really early on it again the value might not beautifully be there for taking on back in the first round but with miles sanders likely departing it that offense just it sounds so fantastic to think about a backfield of Bijan robinson and jalen hurts then you have Dallas Goddard at tight end and Devontae Smith and 
and AJ Brown at receiver. That just that sounds fantastic. I think Bijan would thrive. I think he'll he'll be a pretty good player wherever he goes. But I think specifically in Philly, he would be so fantastic, and that would just add another layer to an elite offense. At pick 31 here, I normally, when I do a mock draft, I've been going with Will McDonald out of Iowa State, the edge rusher. Um, And I think especially with the departure of Frank Clark, that makes it even more likely. But I'm actually going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. I think he is a really solid tackle. And obviously the thing that really stands out with him is his massive, massive size. And this is a team that employed – Six eight and and he I don't remember what he weighs, but it, but it's big. He's huge, and this is a team that went out and traded for Orlando Brown not too long ago. And there's still question as to whether or not he's returning. Uh, but I think if he doesn't, this would be a really great kind of replacement for the Chiefs. He has the same size that Orlando Brown does, but I think Orlando Brown is not as technically sound, especially as a prospect as Dewan Jones is. Um, he is a lot, his hand placement is really nice. Um, I think he can shift a lot better than you would expect out of a tackle of his size. And I, I think the reason I kind of lean him over uh, the Iowa State edge, I'm Will McDonald his name right now. I literally just Will McDonald, Will McDonald. I almost said Will Anderson. Um, the reason I go with him over Will and Will McDonald, geez, is uh, I think Chris Jones can kind of do everything on the defensive line. I don't think adding another pass rusher is going to have the same effect as it would on an average defensive line because Chris Jones is one of the best defensive players in the league right now. I think he is so incredible. And I think uh, prioritizing that offensive line is going to add a little bit more to the team than an edge rusher would. So that includes our mock draft. Yeah, and just so um, to recap it all, going 1-32, to Jackson kicked us off with the Carolina Panthers selecting quarterback C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Texans followed that up with quarterback Bryce Young from Alabama. Cardinals picked edge rusher Will Anderson from Alabama. Colts, um, first little shakeup, they take Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida. Uh, Jackson Powers is... Thrilled by the Seattle Seahawks taking Jalen Carter, defensive lineman from Georgia. Um, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback from Oregon, finds his way to Detroit. Will Levis, quarterback from Kentucky, ends up with Las Vegas. Tyree Wilson, the pride of Texas Tech, to the Atlanta Falcons. The Chicago Bears, after trading back, they nab Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher from Iowa. Um... Darius Slay or not, the Philadelphia Eagles take Joey Porter from Penn State. The Titans get a Taylor Lewan replacement, Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. Quentin Johnston is the first wide receiver off the board from TCU going to Houston. Uh, the Jets take my man, Brian Branch, safety from Alabama. Um, Patriots, Devon Witherspoon, cornerback from Illinois. Uh, Green Bay. Jackson says it'll be without Aaron Rodgers, but it'll be another weapon. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, a receiver from Ohio State. Uh, Washington fills their need on the inside. Guard Osiris Torrance from Florida. Paris Johnson, uh, tackle from Ohio State, going to Pittsburgh. Uh, the Lions land one of Jackson's draft crushes, Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia. Kalijah Kansi, um, D-lineman from Pittsburgh to Tampa Bay. 
Seattle Seahawks take uh, tackle guard Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. The Miami Dolphins do not have their first-round pick, which leads us to the Los Angeles Chargers selecting Zay Flowers, speedster from Boston College. Um, what brings us to the Baltimore Ravens, Miles Murphy, edge from Clemson. The Minnesota Vikings select Deontay Banks, cornerback from Maryland. Um, the Jaguars go with Emmanuel Forbes, the DB out of Mississippi State. Um, our first tight end comes off the board in Dalton Kincaid at number 25 to the New York Giants. Uh, Siaki Ika, defensive tackle from, from Baylor, staying in state, going to the Cowboys. Cam Smith, South Carolina corner, cornerback, headed to Buffalo. Um, the Bengals reinforce the offensive line with Georgia's Broderick Jones. Uh, the Saints go edge with Adetomua Adeboware. I think that's a solid guess. Adeboware. I, I feel good about the last name. I'm not sure about the first name. Uh, Ed Roger from Northwestern. The um, Philadelphia Eagles uh, enhance their skill positions on the offensive side of the ball. They take B. John Robinson running back from Texas. And the defending champs, the Chiefs, conclude with uh, Mahler of a man, Dewan Jones, offensive tackle from Ohio State. So after all of that, we see it as a whole. What do we think, Jackson? How do you, how do you feel about how that mock draft went down? I, I really like it. Uh, I really wish I could have gotten Tyree Wilson at nine, but we move. Um, yeah, just looking at it from the sense of the big board right now, I, I feel really good about the, the fits that we've placed guys in. Um, I'm I'm pretty confident that everyone here makes sense with where they with where they've ended up. Uh, yeah, I like it. I think the one notable omission when I'm looking at kind of just a big board will be Michael Michael Meyer Michael Mayer. Um, him and he a lot of people have him great, including I think I'd probably have him over Kincaid. Um, it's just a matter of kind of the way the board shakes out. I think he could be a guy. It's always hard to tell with a position like tight end. I think he could be someone that could go in the first 20 picks and he might fall like this to the second round. It just just kind of depends. And other than that, there aren't any guys that I really think brutally stick out as as falling to the second round necessarily. Um, oh, I guess Jordan Addison, wide receiver Jordan Addison, but I don't think... Oh, yeah, that is a big one. Um, I think in terms of projection, sure, but I don't think it's that far-fetched necessarily. Yeah, especially after that combine. Yeah. I, I don't think he's really making himself a ton of money right now. Yeah. But overall, I really like that. And before I let you go, Jackson, I have a couple draft-related questions and a couple just NFL free agency offseason-related questions, if if you would so be, be as kind to entertain me with these. Oh, oh of course, Jeremy. Do I have some buys or sells? Concept of the game I okay. hope you're familiar with. My first yes, one. yes. Buy or sell? Anthony Richardson is quarterback one. I'm buying it. Um, I think especially it depends on how you look at it. Uh, for me, uh, in terms of his tape, I think Anthony Richardson. Obviously, I don't think anyone is denying the physical gifts that come with drafting Anthony Richardson. He is probably, in terms of just pure athleticism, the most athletic quarterback that the NFL has ever seen. Um, but I think what a lot of people don't understand is that he's a lot safer of a prospect as 
uh, he's a lot safer of a prospect than people think. Um, especially when you look at his rushing ability, I think I would go so far to say that he's the safest player or safest quarterback in this class. Obviously you have guys who are better pocket passers and everything, but, but I think it depends on the way you look at it. A lot of people think safety just means how smart are you? How good of a pocket passer are you? That's not how I look at it. I think at a minimum, if I, I kind of talked about it earlier, I like to look at players of how good are they if they take zero strides. If Richardson takes zero strides, he's immediately bringing an offense to one of the best rushing offenses in the game. And I think we saw that this year with Justin Fields. Um, he lacked a lot as a pocket passer, and he was not looking great at the beginning of the year. Uh, but then they kind of changed around their offense a little bit and made it only a couple reads that he had to go through. And if not, they made it really easy for him to take off. Anthony Richardson is so fast, so strong, such a good runner. You could really easily get that out of him. And he he still has arm talent. And I think he's a lot more polished than people think. I would be, I'd be willing to take him with the number one overall pick. All right, there you have it. Next one, buy or sell. There will be a stand-up linebacker selected in the first round. I think that I am going to sell that. And the only one that really comes to mind with me is Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Uh, I have yet to watch the linebackers out of this class, but from what I've seen, he's pretty clearly the best. Um, and even then, like, I I don't think that there is a huge need for linebackers right now. I don't think analytically it's a super important position, especially with how easily it is to fill. Like, We've seen guys who are, who have formerly been safeties go in and play linebacker because of their off-ball abilities. Uh, I, I don't think that there will be a linebacker selected in the front. I think there was only, I think there was only one last year, and it was Devin Lloyd, uh, but that might be wrong. I, I know he, oh, no, that's not true. There was also, the Packers got one, Quay Quay Walker. Walker. Quay Walker. Uh, were those the, the only two? You can keep talking, and I will check. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm I'm assuming that those are the only two, and I would pretty comfortably say that both of them are better than anyone this year. Uh, I like Jack Campbell. I don't love him. I don't think he's this generational prospect, and I think given how analytically not important that the linebacker position is, I would sell the idea that there's one going in the first round. Yeah, I'm just seeing I'm seeing Quay Walker and Devin Lloyd. So yes, um, got it. Okay, perfect. Next question: Buy or sell? None of the top flight quarterbacks, that being uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, none of the top flight quarterbacks will make it out of the top five. I, I'm i going to sell on that. I think it's a huge possibility, and if I'm wrong, like I, it would not shock me at all. Uh, I don't think Arizona is really going to move back. And, and then again, I might be wrong on that just because we saw – the kind of package that was offered to Chicago yesterday to move back, that sets a little bit of a standard. I would not be surprised if either the Colts kind of want to take that one spot jump because they don't really have to give up that much. And that would secure their position for probably Anthony Richardson is who I'm assuming it would be, but, but it might be young. I would not be surprised if the Texans went Richardson over young, just because I know that's a team that values size in their quarterbacks. Um, but regardless, uh, I, I think I think a lot of things would have to happen. It would mean either Oakland beats out Indy in terms of trading up for a top pick. And I think given their kind of 
uncertainty at the quarterback position right now. I don't think that would happen. Um, and it would also mean that Indy could trade up for that pick and then Arizona trades back again. And I think that's semi-possible, but I still think it's unlikely. I don't think teams move back twice in the first, especially that early. I don't really foresee Arizona getting that kind of capital out of moving from three to seven. Um, I don't know. And, and especially given like their need for pass rush is pretty strong right now. I think they're going to want to rather be up there to get one of the premier pass rushes in, in this class. So, so I'm going to sell on that, but it wouldn't shock me if I was wrong because I wouldn't be surprised if a team offered some like Godfather package or something to get out of or to, to get into that top four to get their quarterback. Yeah. Um, okay. Buy or sell. Zay Flowers will be the first wide receiver off the board. That actually is very possible. This combine was really underwhelming for wide receivers, especially Jordan Addison. Uh, Quentin Johnson didn't test in as in as as tall as you may have wanted, and I don't know how much you're going to buy into that. Uh, but even if you don't care, he's still not someone who is very refined as a receiver, and I don't think project receivers really go highly very often. Um, and JSN is is really slow. I, I don't know how much teams are going to value that. I am going to sell it, but that's another one where I would not be surprised if I was wrong. I think he's the biggest riser out of any receiver right now. And I would pretty comfortably say that JSN is my wide receiver one. Um, but I have not watched a ton of film on Flowers, and I think if he's someone who could consistently beat man, I think if he's someone who has a little bit more nuance in zone than a lot of people are giving him credit for, I'd not be surprised if he's if he's the wide receiver one, just given how much the stock has fallen on a lot of these other guys. My last my last draft related one, and I don't really know if I need to ask, but I'll ask anyways. Buy or sell? Brian Brissy is not a first round pick. Uh, I am buying right now. I I haven't watched a ton of Brissy. Uh, I it doesn't seem like there is a ton that's super appealing to him. I think he's kind of small. I don't know how technically advanced he is as a pass rusher, but I, I don't want to talk too much about him because I have not watched. I not gone into detail with his film. I'll put it that way. Um, but I am going to sell that. I think that there are a lot of other interior options that I'd rather go with. Ika came in at the back end of the first round of our mock. I'd rather go with Ika. Same with Kalijah Kansi. I think he's a better pass rusher. Um, yeah, that's I, – I think I would – I think – I don't remember the format of the question, but I don't think he'll be a first-rounder. I don't remember if I'm buying or selling on that. You're you're buying that he's not a first-rounder. Okay, okay, then I'm buying. He will not be a first-rounder. Okay, and then I have a couple just NFL offseason ones. Buy or sell? Okay. Lamar has played his last game as a Raven. So I'm selling that so hard. I uh, I think that there's a pretty big overreaction right now. I, I do think that the Ravens are going to try to match whatever offer is tossed to him in the uh, in the non-exclusive tag. But even then, within the hour of him getting it, we saw five teams immediately back away. I don't think teams are really going to want to pay the price of having to give him the fully guaranteed contract that he desires, plus the two first-rounders it would take to get him from the Ravens. Um, I feel really confident that the Ravens are going to have him. I think there, I think there's kind of two scenarios right now. One of them is that uh, teams kind of start to lowball Lamar, and the Ravens kind of match him up 
until teams are done because they don't want to give up the two first rounders that it requires. Um, and then the other one is that no one offers him at all. Lamar is on the 32 million franchise tag or whatever and holds out of training camp. Things get pretty ugly in like July and August. And then right before the beginning of the season, both parties reach an agreement to a deal. Um, but I, I really do believe that the most likely scenario is that he will be a Raven for at least the next couple of years. I concur. I think the biggest thing, maybe not the biggest thing, um, is it feels like if you're a team, there's no, you know, you're going to have interest in Lamar Jackson, but the way that it's been set up where the Ravens have the ability to match every offer in Lamar, the biggest thing with him is guaranteed money. I think most teams realize that unless they made some ungodly offer, um, the Ravens will just match it, and they're kind of just a pawn to this. So I, I definitely agree. I think maybe he's not a Raven forever, but I, I don't think he's played his last game as a Raven. Um, Next one, buy or sell. Jalen Ramsey and Darius Slay will be traded this offseason. I am going to sell on Slay, and I'm going to buy on Ramsey. I do think Ramsey's gone, just given the position that the Rams are in. Um, they're not in a very hap friendly spot right now. I also think they need to diversify their portfolio a little bit. It's a very stars and scrubs roster and the stars are starting to wane out a little bit. I think they need to sort of spread the wealth on, on their roster. And I think getting rid of Ramsey is an easy way to get some really high capital right now. I'm predicting that he goes to the lions with their one of their second rounders i don't know if they have multiple but i think i think the lions trade a second rounder for ramsey and then with their first rounder they select gonzalez and that is the defense that that dan campbell is going to want as for slay uh i don't think he gets traded um simply because i think that the eagles are losing on so much on that defense already and i think it's to the point where you can kind of play damage control and feel comfortable about it, especially with the season that Jalen Hurts just had. If they take a little bit of a dip on the defensive side of the ball, um, I think there's still enough with this roster that you feel pretty comfortable what you're working with. Um, but I I think they would have to get really blown away with an offer to trade Slay. And I don't know how many teams are going to are going to be willing to kind of ship that level of capital for him. So buy on Ramsey, sell on Slay. Makes sense. Sticking with DBs, buy or sell, C.J. Gardner-Johnson will receive a larger contract than Jesse Bates. Buy. I think he's better. I, I don't think Bates is that good. And I think the Bengals have kind of had the intent to move him off the roster for a little while. Um, I remember there was some turmoil before the draft last offseason – and then with their very first pick, they went and selected Dax Hill. I think Hill is the guy that they're going to want to be their long-term safety. Um, yeah, I I do think CJ Garner Johnson is better. I think he had I think teams are a little bit more attracted to him, but I do think neither of them are going to net a super high contract just because I, I like the safety class this year. And I think teams would rather solve their safety issue through the draft as opposed to paying guys a ton of money just because it's a little bit more cap responsible. Um, but yes, I, I think, I think CJ Gardner Johnson is better. Uh, and I think he'll net higher contract. The last one for all the marbles buy or sell the New York jets are super bowl contenders with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, buy. 
I, I think depending on what it takes to get him, I, I know that answer makes you really happy. Um, but I mean, you look at this team last year, that defense was legitimately one of the best in the league and they're not losing much, especially I think if you can get Bryce Huff under long-term contract, I think I would lean towards making him a little bit closer to a three down player. I don't know about his run defense right now. Um, and if you want to keep him as a rotational pass rusher, that's fine. But I think Huff having an expanded role, especially given that Lawson's probably going to be gone as a cap casualty. Um, if you can expand that safety room, like we talked about earlier, now they have Chuck Clark. I think that's actually a pretty big addition for them. And if they could potentially go out and draft Brian Branch, oh my God, that defense would be the best in the league next year. I think with no question. Um, and the offense, I don't think that the offense moved bad under Mike White or Flacco or whoever was in that was not named Zach Wilson. Um, this offense has guys, obviously Brees Hall is coming off of an ACL tear and I worry about him a little bit this next year, but I don't think it'll be too bad given that Brees Hall was never someone who really thrived off his athleticism. He's someone who has great vision and is really technically sound. That does not go away with an ACL tear. So, so I, I don't think he's going to completely disappear from this offense. And Garrett Wilson, I think, is going to take the jump as a top 10 receiver with Rodgers. I think Elijah Moore's role is going to get expanded. I think this offense is just going to click so much. And when you're retaining so much of the defense that you had last year and it's potentially improving, I find it really hard to believe that there are a lot of teams in the AFC that you could see beating out the Jets for that Super Bowl spot. So I'm buying on that. I love you. <laughs> I knew that would make you happy. I mean, I kind of, I, uh, I kind of, I kind of set it up so this podcast would either end with like great, you know, happiness and and good vibes, mm -hmm. or if, if oh it yeah, it just would have been pure animosity. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll just about conclude this episode of the Red Troop Podcast. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Um, stay tuned definitely for the next week or two as March Madness rolls on. Expect some good. Um, college basketball content, baseball around the corner too. Um, definitely expect some some preseason baseball stuff. And uh, don't be surprised if you hear from this guy on the podcast again in in the next little bit. Just make sure to stay tuned in. You know we're we're getting back on track. You know took a little hiatus, hiatuses, but we're back. Oh yeah. Um, lots of content coming. Um, as always, check out the blog, the redshirt dot blog or the redshirt dot com. Um. Give the Twitter a follow at the Redshirt Blog. Maybe one day Jackson will get me to the point where I actually use it consistently. Um, the Instagram at the dot Redshirt, and then for Jackson, let me see if I have his plugs correctly. Twitter, uh, JPow NFL. Yep. Is TikTok also JPow NFL? It is. It is. And YouTube, also JPow. I think. That one, that one might be J Powell NFL, and it might be just Jackson Powers. Um, but either way, I I think the the handle is listed under J Powell NFL, and the name is listed under Jackson Powers. But I think either way should be a pretty solid way to find them. Uh, but yeah, go look at that. I'm I'm kind of getting out some videos of my draft crushes right now. I made one on uh, earlier about Richardson and JSN and Nolan Smith, uh, and I think. I don't know when my next one's going to be, but I think it's going to have some combination of it, it might be just corners. Honestly, it might be Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter and Cam Smith, but my Cam Smith film is pretty limited right now. So I need to step that one up, but yeah, just a little bit of an insight to the future with that channel. Yeah. 
He's overall, I think he's a very insightful young man. I will warn you, his his Twitter is a little insufferable every once in a while. So I'm not saying necessarily mute him, but if <laughs> you mute him at times, I I totally understand. But if you're a big Sauce Gardner fan, you might not want to hear what I have to say. Oh, I mean, I just don't even care what you have to say because anything you have to say on that front is just dumb. I don't I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'll conclude this episode of the Retro Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Peace.